Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I have been dying to publish this episode so that you could hear it. We recorded it a while back, but today you are going to hear from Rachel Luna. This episode will leave you with more clarity and more fire and drive to take control of your life and create what you want. I cannot say enough amazing things about this woman. Not only is she a former U.S. Marine, thank you for your service, she is an Iraqi war veteran, she is a cancer survivor, and now she has devoted her life to helping people create the best version of theirs. She is a podcaster. She is an author. You're going to hear her share about ways that you can learn more about what she's doing and work more closely with her. But this episode is a powerful one. I want to get right to it. So help me welcome Rachel Luna to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am beyond excited, like seriously excited, because I have so much I want to talk about with this person. Guys, you are going to love her. Rachel Luna, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You know, you and I have just been chatting for like an hour, and I want to keep talking to you all weekend. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, we have so many things in common, but I think we come at them from different backgrounds and different experiences. You know, you are in the process of like totally beating, overcoming, being a champion of breast cancer. Like you are a warrior. You are building a powerful business. You help people transform their lives. It is just a joy and a privilege. Like I have a hundred million things I want to chat with you about. One of the things that stood out to me in like cyber stalking you um, in the best possible way is the value that you place on journaling. And I talk about this all the time, and I just would love to get your take on it. Why do you think that journaling is such an important tool for humans? Oh, my gosh. I really, first of all, thank you for that because you're so lovely and kind. Um, Journaling, in my perspective, is it unlocks every secret that you have the good and the painful that actually lead to the good. And, and it's something that I think that when you actually um, journal with intention and, and go through the three steps, and I, we can talk about the three steps that I use, but when you journal with intention, you get to manifest a new reality. And I think that if people stopped keeping a diary and started journaling with intention, they would really start to see a complete 180 in their life, 
in their business, in their relationships. And ultimately, I think that if the world were on this journal kick, we would be on such a different trajectory. We would be healthier. We would be happier. So for those reasons alone, I think it's just an absolute life changer. You specified the difference between like writing a diary and journaling with intention. And I'm so glad that you did because I talk to a lot of people who have a resistance to journaling. And I think it's because in their mind, they think of it as like, dear diary, today I had Cheerios for breakfast, you know, and it seems so pointless. Can, and I totally want to dive into the three steps and maybe this question will kind of take us there. What to you is the difference between journaling with intention? Like, what exactly does that mean? Because I think it probably is intriguing to a lot of people, but they don't necessarily know what that means versus dear diary stuff. How do those things differ? So when I talk to people about their journals or their diaries or whatever, it's usually they are, like you said, keeping a memoir, a record of what happened, or they are using it to keep a collection of notes and ideas and a to-do list and that's fine but that doesn't lead to a new outcome that just leads to more of the same thing right if you think the same thoughts you're going to have the same feelings and you're going to take the same actions or not take the same actions right or or do nothing and you stay in this loop but when you journal with intention rather rather than keeping this diary what you are doing is you are I'll just go into the steps, right? So step one is write. This is where you can you write gratitude. You write what's real. You can emote in your journal to say like, I'm frustrated today. I This is stupid. I don't know what to write. I feel trapped. Whatever comes up, because one of my biggest beliefs is that your thoughts and ideas are like three-year-old children. They need attention, right? What does a toddler do when they want mama, mama, mama? And they don't stop until you actually acknowledge them. So those thoughts, those ideas, even the fears and limiting beliefs are constantly on a loop. And many times what we try to do is we try to shut down a limiting belief, right? So like, oh, I'm afraid that this is going to happen. It's like, no, I'm not going to think about that. But even though you say, no, I'm not going to think about that, it is still on replay until you acknowledge, okay, I'm afraid that whatever. Well, when you write that down in the journal, now you get to go deeper and ask yourself, but why? Mm -hmm. Why am I afraid? What am I afraid will happen? Then you go into step two is the shift. So in step one, we're just writing whatever. It could be gratitude. It can be an emotion. It could be a fear. Whatever's coming up, you don't have to overthink. In step two, we do the shift. And this is where now we get to get excited about what we really want. How do we want everything that we've written on this page to actually change and be leveraged for our good, for our next step? So I like to use a sentence like, I'm so grateful and excited now that. Mm. And the reason I say that is because um, I really believe in operating on frequencies. Now, I'm a Christian, I'm a God girl, but I also do believe on the scientific part of like, we're all energy, we're all matter, and our energy does matter. And so, um, and even it talks about in the Bible how like Jesus and the disciples couldn't perform miracles and they were kind of confused of like, why can't you, why couldn't we do it? And um, Jesus said, we couldn't perform miracles because of their unbelief. Mm -hmm. And so that right there is evidence to me that 
energy matters and our collective energy matters. Because if you and I are partners and I'm believing for one thing and you're not believing it's going to happen, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen, but it's going to be harder than if we both collectively are excited and grateful and we're coming to the place of expectancy with this attitude of joy because joy and happiness and gratitude are high frequencies, right? Love Mm -hmm. is a high frequencies. What are low frequencies? Guilt, shame, fear, resentment, anger, depression. Those are low frequencies. Okay, sorry, am I saying too much here? No, this is amazing. I'm so grateful for it. Okay, so so we're gonna, in step two, the shift, we want to, whatever feeling, emotion, vibration we were on when we started, we wanna raise it even just a little bit more, right? We're always trying to raise the vibration. We're always trying to raise the energy, raise the gratitude. And I do want to just throw this in for my Christians out there. Like you want to get into a posture of praise and to a posture of expectancy Mm. because in this third step, you are going to script your life as you desire it to be as if it already were. Hmm. So it looks like I'm so grateful and excited now that I finally hit the goal, right? I know like for many of your listeners, I'm sure have found you through your weight loss journey. So maybe they are on a weight loss journey, excuse me. And so the journal could be, I'm so grateful and excited now that I lost these last five pounds. You know, I was so frustrated. I, I kept saying I wanted to lose the weight, but it wasn't happening. But now it's finally here. And I feel so good because I was taking the steps that I knew to take. I was choosing to listen to my thoughts. I was asking better questions. I was doing the work from chasing cupcakes. Little plug for you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And it actually worked. And today I feel healthy. I feel proud of myself. I feel accomplished. My pants fit different. Now, as you're writing that, that hasn't happened yet. But I don't know if you could hear even my own voice and my own posture, because you're looking at me, my own posture changed as I started to declare, I'm, I'm happy, I, I'm proud of myself, I feel fit. You start to raise your frequency. Now, here are some scientific facts, right? The brain doesn't know the difference between the truth or a lie. So when you start to write with intention and script a new reality, your reticular activating system is looking around like, wait, we made better decisions? When did that happen? Mm -hmm. And it kind of activates. Now, two things happen when you do this, especially when you do this for the first time. Dissonance is going to show up. Okay, so we have to address that. So the brain is going to look around like, wait, we lost five pounds. We made good decisions. We really thought about it. I don't think so. These pants are still fitting kind of tight. That's not the truth. This is a lie. Oh my gosh, I'm a fraud. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, acknowledge it. Go back into the journal. I think I'm a fraud. Why do I think I'm a fraud? I think I'm a fraud because I tried to script my reality, but I know that's not true. Mm-hmm. The truth is I'm not doing these things, right? So you go back through the practice. Mm -hmm. Again, but I'm so grateful and excited now that I got honest with myself and I admitted that I haven't been doing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make time. I'm going to put in the schedule. Oh my gosh, I put in the schedule. And then you go back into it. It's a practice, but 
because once you start scripting and you activate the, you know, the reticular activating system turns on, you then make better choices. You make better decisions. You start to move with more intention. Yeah, you might have the pizza, but you're not going to have the pizza mindlessly. Mm-hmm. You're going to have it consciously with grace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see that the things that you wrote in your journal begin to manifest. And I know this works because it's worked in my life, but I don't believe in just teaching anecdotal principles. This is a practice that I've seen work with over 200 of my students that are in my faith activated journaling experience. And actually we're almost up to 300 members now and the numbers keep growing. And I've been doing this for three years in this, just this container and people that were with me in year one continue to renew because it works. Mm -hmm. So that's the practice. And that's the difference maker. I, there's so many places. I feel like we're going to have to talk for six hours. So just clear your, clear your schedule. Okay. (laughs) All right, good. When I, I'm listening to you through the the ears and the mindset of my listeners. Mm-hmm. I can just feel somebody saying, well, if I did that, I would never get up from my journal because with each thing that I write, I feel like fraud. So, you know, like, is there a point at which I can say good enough? You know, yeah. is this something where even with doubt, even with fear, it still starts to turn on that reticular, reticular activating system. Is there, is there a something is better than nothing element here? Absolutely. So I believe, and I have tested and proven this, that you can manifest with just five minutes of journaling a day. And in fact, there was a study, oh my gosh, the University of London, I want to say it is, they did a study where they had people who were journaling for 20 minutes a day for three days, two weeks before a medically necessary biopsy, and their healing time was 11 days post-op versus the control group who never fully healed from the biopsy. Wow. That was just 20 minutes for three days, okay? Imagine every single day. But to answer your question of what I like to say is if you're just starting out, set a timer for five minutes. Yeah. Write whatever comes up. The timer goes off, acknowledge and say, I'm so proud of myself because I did this. Mm-hmm. And I made, and, and right after I put this journal away, I made the best choices I could for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay for me to walk away. I am complete because I did what I said I was going to do, which is right. I said I was going to journal for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're always winning. Oh, absolutely. And, and then let me just say this too. What happens when you keep your word to yourself is that your confidence grows and you create new neural pathways in your brain. They actually light up because you are having these small victories every single day. You become better at decision-making. It just becomes a snowball. We talked earlier and you asked me a question that oddly enough was on my list of questions to ask you, which is about when people say, I don't know, right? So somebody opens up their journal or, or they don't even because they feel like, I don't know what to write. I sit there and I just stare at the blank page and it feels like pressure. I don't know. And you were asking me about my thought of, of I don't know. And I would love to hear more about how you help people when they have that, a lot of it the perfectionist tendency that comes from being in school and we want to write the right thing, the correct thing to, you know, get it right because that's how we've been trained. 
How do you help people when they feel like they just don't know what to write? Yes. So I always say that I don't know is not an answer. It's a filler statement. And it's what we say when we haven't actually taken the time to search for the answer or when we are afraid to reveal the answer. So I say to people, when I don't know comes up, just write it down. I don't know. I want to know. I don't want to know. I'm afraid to know. And I tell them, like, just follow what does the I don't know mean? Why do you think you don't know? And then I love a question that Brooke Castillo asked. She says, what if you did know? Another thing that I like to ask is, what am I afraid I don't know mean? And how is I don't know protecting me right now? Mm -hmm. How is that helping me? How is it serving me? Because a lot of times fear is there to protect you. So mm -hmm. then I, you can say like, I'm afraid. Okay, fear, tell me, you know, tell me what you're afraid of and why are you here? What do I need to learn? How are you trying to keep me safe? I, I follow you on Instagram and you've shared some epic journal prompts. So thank you for those. One of them that I would love for you to chat a little bit about, especially in terms of like how you use it or how you help some of your clients use it. Um, I've been telling myself blank, but the truth is blank. I love that because I can think of a hundred times heck, in the last few months where I've told myself I can't, but the truth is I haven't figured it out yet. Or I've been telling myself I'm worried, but the truth is I haven't given it enough time or I haven't done the work or whatever. So how do you use that question or how do you help other people use that question? Because I see a lot of shifting potential in that question. Yes. Okay. So I'll use an example that I've worked through with that prompt, right? So I've been telling myself that I'm doing the best with my therapy, but the truth is I'm not. The truth is, and then you have to list the truth, okay? Mm -hmm. The truth is I'm not really taking the time to prep my vegetables the way that I should. The truth is I keep overscheduling my calendar, the truth, and I go down the list. But what I really want to be true is that I am showing up to do my best. And if I showed my best, then that would mean. And so I really go through of, I'm telling myself this, the truth is, but what I really want is. And then, oops, that's my little alarm for my therapy saying, take my supplements. There you um, go. But then dissonance happens right so then i'm telling myself that i'm doing my best and that the truth is i'm not but what if i actually am but the truth is i am doing my best that day because some days i'm so tired and what i really want is more energy how could i get more energy well maybe i could go to bed earlier maybe i could so now it you and I spoke when we spoke earlier about unlocking the creativity. This prompt is the prompt that unlocks the creativity because I'm telling myself this, but the truth is that how do I really want to move forward? And what if I could, what mm -hmm. if this were no longer the truth? And then you go into the script. So mm -hmm. when I did that prompt with the therapy thing, so I said, but I'm so grateful and excited now that I hired help. Mm. comes to my house and she washes my fruits and vegetables so I don't have any excuse because after having this journal entry I told my assistant that I only want to work from 12 to 4 
And mm. so I started testing with it. And guess what? I really am doing my best. Mm. And by the way, I really did write that. And I actually have a new person starting on Tuesday to help me wash my fruits and vegetables. And I have an alternate person coming in as a backup for when the Tuesday person can't come. Wow. That's and that amazing. Was thing that I had been kind of like sitting on for about four months when my last girl had to move. But I couldn't, not that I couldn't, but every time I would bring it up, I would get stuck in the loop and I would make justifications. Yeah. And I knew I was doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think once you start to see that you are making justifications, then you have to go into the practice of figuring out how long are you willing to tolerate your own rationalizations. Mm. And so I really made a conscious decision of, okay, I am willing to allow myself to tell whatever story I need to, to keep going until this day. And then on this day, we have to stop, we have to get out of the loop. And yeah. I, I teach that you have to get out of the loop. You're yeah. in it for a season, but then it's, it's no longer serving you. One of the things that I see in, in my clients is that they will go a mile or 10 miles deep on the problem, but about an inch deep, maybe a centimeter deep on the solution, you know, and they, they will spend the majority of their energy on what is wrong, what is broken, where they drop the ball, everything that contributes to all of the reasons, making a strong case for it, on and on and on and on and on. And when we shift to the solution, I'll say, okay, well, you clearly understand the problem. Let's give our energy to the solution now. They'll spend about a half a second there, and then they're right back to the problem because it's their patterned thing. So when you're going through this journaling process, is there anything that you do to recognize any inequality in the energy and the emotion given to the problem in the past compared to the solution and your potential? Because that is some place where I feel like it, it's – where people end up feeling crappy about themselves, eroding their confidence, you know, reducing their belief because so much of their time and energy is spent on the problem. Yes. Well, this is where I remind, and I remind my students almost daily that the more you write about the past, the more the past is going to come into mm. present and affect your future. Yes. So if you want something to change, we have to focus more on the change, on the solution, on the scripting. And also, I always ask them, how is this helping you fix it? Because ruminating over and over and over again, that doesn't fix. The only reason you should ever look to your past is to figure out the lesson mm -hmm. or to pull out the joy, right? Yeah. So sometimes we look to our past for, for the good memories, but is that going to help us today? Yeah. And is it going to help us really have the tomorrow that we want? If the answer is no, then you have to, I set time limits for myself, right? Yeah. I allow myself, depending on the severity of the situation, right? So, you know, if I get a, if I, a launch doesn't do as well as I wanted to, I have 24 hours to feel bad about it. Yeah. Okay, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. I needed a little more than 24 hours to feel the feelings about that. And then I really, I remember making the decision of like, okay, 
I'm done feeling that for now because I have to move forward. If I need to go back and feel this later, I can. Mm -hmm. But right now, this is now it's actually bringing me down into a place that I'm going to have to climb out of. And if I keep letting myself go down deeper, it's going to be harder. Yeah. So out now where I still have strength, right? So there's a lot of self-coaching. Yeah. But are you willing to have those conversations with yourself? A lot of people talk about self-love as like, get a manicure and a massage. And those things are great. I love all of the pampering. But to me, that's just like, that's the superficial self-love. Yeah. Real self-love is having an intimate relationship with yourself where you can ask yourself the hard questions, right? Yeah. Think about the relationships and marriages that work and go the distance. Those are the couples that were willing to go into the fire yeah. and have like the hardest, ugly knockout conversations and then still choose each other yeah. again. So you have to ask yourself, like, can I be in a passionate relationship with myself where I ask myself the hardest questions, but then I keep choosing myself. I keep choosing my goals and my dreams and my vision more than I'm choosing the things that didn't work out. Yeah. One of the things that I come up against in my own life, um, less so, but definitely it's still there, but very, very often with my clients is lacking confidence. And that is like a superpower of yours is living confidently and helping other people build their confidence. But when we come from a past that has been let down and set back and missed expectation, what are some of your tools for helping people build confidence? Yes. Okay. Everybody has a past. Everyone has trauma. Believe it or not, the person who has had the June and Ward Cleaver, I might be aging myself there, but like the person that's had the white picket fence lifestyle mm -hmm. also has trauma because they had the white picket lifestyle and they never had trauma. So now they feel bad for not having trauma. That is a trauma. Mm -hmm. right? I had a client who was like, but my whole life has been so good and I feel bad about that. Right. So everybody's experiencing something. What I like to remind people is that everything that you've experienced, the worst moment of your life is an opportunity for you to use it for good. And I really believe that God uses all things, not just the good, but all things for our greater good, right? So um, both of my parents died of AIDS. I had disordered eating. I suffered abuse. I was date raped. Like, I mean, pick a trauma. And then just when I thought I'd healed it all, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Like, are you kidding me right now? But instead of using all of that to cripple me, I just looked and asked myself, what do we're all gonna have some sort of pain, right? So do I want the pain of living in this story or do I want the pain of shifting and changing and growing and developing and using all of that for my good? Am I gonna be a victim or am I going to take the mess and turn it into a message and help empower myself and empower someone else along the way, right? And so a couple of things to help with your confidence is number one, you have to keep your word to yourself. Mm -hmm. Most people don't have confidence because they don't have self-integrity. 
Mm-hmm. Most people don't have confidence because instead of listening to themselves and connecting with their identity, they're listening to what other people have to say. I was talking to a client the other day and she was like, I'm so scared because I feel like they're just sitting around with their popcorn waiting for me, watching and waiting for me to fail. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let me ask you, these people that are sitting and, and with their popcorn watching and waiting for you to fail, do they have the life that you want? Do they have the business that, that you want? Do they have the do they have anything you want? And she said, no. I said, then why do you care? Mm-hmm. Right? So confidence comes from not caring about what other people say. Well, Rachel, how do I stop caring? It's easy. Go back in and explore. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why did those things happen? Right? And by the way, this is where... I think that if you have like severe trauma, go get yourself a therapist. Yep. You need a therapist. Bottom line, if you are someone that you say, I keep trying to change, I keep trying to change and I can't change, go get you a therapist or a psychologist that's going to let you sit in that loop and tell your sad story over and over again. Yeah. But on your own, do the work of like, okay, this happened. What was, what was, what is the lesson? What do I get to bring forward? Why, not why, but what can I learn and use from this? Mm -hmm. And if I look at like, okay, my dad, when my mom died, I was three and a half years old and my dad gave me to my godmother. And right away, I told myself a story that I was abandoned, that I, you know, nobody loves me. Everybody I love leaves me. Um, Men just throw me away. Like I had all these crazy little stories that I told myself. So that's another component is looking at each situation in your life that has knocked you down and ask yourself, what story am I telling myself? And what's the truth about the situation? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is my mom died. The truth is my dad did give me to my godmother, but he didn't abandon me. Like he was around. The truth is that he didn't have the money that he wanted to have to take care of me. The truth is, I actually had more privilege and opportunity than I would have had with my father, mm-hmm. but I was telling myself the story. So you have to get out of your story in order to find, well, why did that happen? Well, it happened so that I can help other people get out of their story, mm-hmm. right? So you can go through all the things. Then it also takes really asking yourself, where are my boundaries? Because people that lack confidence have zero boundaries. They let everyone come in and take and take and take because they're afraid of being rejected. So you then have to go to your source of when were you first rejected? And what's this rejection story that you're telling yourself? Is it true? Is it real? And how can you accept yourself and love yourself without the approval of other people? Are you looking for verification or are you seeking validation? The difference between verification and validation is validation is tell me that what I did is good. Tell me that what I said is right. Tell me that I can do no wrong. Affirm me. Mm-hmm. Verification is, hey, I did this. I'd like you to take a look at it, but I want you to only tell me, does it meet this criteria? Do mm-hmm. you understand it? Does it look like this? There's a specific answer that you're looking for and you're open when they tell you it's not right Mm -hmm. 
So there's, there are many components to developing confidence, but these are the big rocks mm -hmm. that you move. Now, if I'm going to give you a baby step, the one thing I'm going to tell you to develop your confidence is make a commitment to yourself for five days. And it has to be something very easy. So mm -hmm. I use this example. <laughs> I use the shower example. So entrepreneurs that I talk to, they're like, it's like Thursday. I still haven't taken a shower, right? And I remember being at, um, at an event and it was about high performance. And the teacher was saying like, you need a morning routine. You take a shower, you do this. And this is your habit every day. And then we had to break out into these little groups. And my partner was from Europe and they don't shower every day over there as a culture, right? Mm -hmm. Some people do, some people don't, whatever, but culturally. And he goes, oh, I like what he said about showering every day. I think I'm going to do that, right? And so for people that take showers every day, it's like, ew, you don't. But for someone that doesn't, but that's an easy thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. Just go in, wet your body, get out. So you have to give yourself something easy yeah. that you can do for five days. Mm -hmm. Then you celebrate, then you go again. Give yourself permission. If you um, have been walking on eggshells around someone because you don't want to say something, give yourself permission to say one little thing mm -hmm. that's just like one degree more taboo than what you would have previously said. But mm -hmm. it's constantly pushing that boundary, pushing that boundary, pushing that boundary a little bit more so that you can have those quick wins. I could say so many other things. So. I know. I know. I feel that way. Like we could talk for hours and hours. No, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Tell us a little bit more about your journaling program and how people can connect with you because I know people want to learn more about what that is, what that looks like, how they can learn more. Yes. Okay. So you can go to rachelluna.biz forward slash faith. And the Faith Activated Journaling Experience is a year-long journaling experience. It's a one-year program. And the reason why I did that was because I find that when you are helping people do the, the work, if you don't get their buy-in to commit to a year, they will drop off the first month when it gets hard. Mm -hmm. And um, studies show that it's not 21 days to a habit. It's actually anywhere between 66 and 245 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to me, I felt like, well, if 245 is the magic number, let's just do 365 days and go all in. Mm -hmm. Because I know that when you do this, even if you don't journal every day, but you are journaling most days and you have a community to check in with and to support you, you are more likely to commit to the practice and you're also more likely to see better, quicker results. So mm -hmm. what we do is I give you a daily prompt every single day, 365 days. I do monthly group coaching. I have guest experts, which I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to come and be one of our quarterly experts and because you journal too. Yes, I'd love that. Okay, so there you go. Elizabeth is going to be one of our guest experts. Um, but every quarter I bring in a friend who also journals and really believes in the practice to share their perspective and their wins. We have a Slack community. I have um, something called the core training sessions, which are very short trainings because I really believe in being succinct. We don't have a lot of time to be wasting. We want to get the stuff, do the journaling, and then go out and take action. I'm very results driven. So the core training helps you get more consistent and overcome resistance. 
And then there's a couple of bonuses, but the whole point is if you are looking to stop journaling or stop diet, keeping a diary, stop haphazardly doing your little notes and goals or whatever, but, and you want to manifest, the best way that you do that is by getting in a group of people that are having that same energy and faith and belief for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check it out. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I could talk to you all day long. I am so excited that we got to connect in this way. Thank you so much for sharing. I know this is going to really transform the way that people journal and the results that they get. Guys, check out this journaling program. A year to commit, like it seems like a no-brainer because imagine what results you could get after a year of going through this with Rachel, with everybody else. Oh my gosh, I just get excited just thinking about it. And it actually, it's like, it's less than $2 a day. Wow. That's, yeah, it's less than $2 a day. It's like, I mean, you pay more for coffee every single day. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm so grateful to, to have had your time and your wisdom, and I know everybody else is better for it. So thank you so much for sharing. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.